the next generation of radio. It's the MyMac.com podcast. Podcasting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. It's Thursday, March 31st, and this is the MyMac.com podcast. I'm your host, Chad Perry. And I'm somebody named Tim Robertson. Well, we're going to kind of step off the old programming bandwagon today and just let it fly. What what I was talking to Chad about before we actually started recording today was that, you know what, instead of going through all the news and what's going on in the Mac web, and honestly there's not a whole lot going on, there's enough mm-hmm. to fill a podcast of information. Um, instead of answering some of the email that we got, let's speculate a little bit. Okay. Let, let's talk about what we would really like to see in the future future products from Apple Computer. Um, everybody loves speculation. I'm not talking rumors here. Mm-hmm. You know, a rumor by definition is I heard this or I heard that. Right. And that's kind of you know um, a lot of what macOS rumors or think different. They spread rumors. Mm-hmm. We're not into the rumor game, but we are into speculation, and I think speculation is a a healthy dynamic. Um, speculation can also help a company as far as. And don't get me wrong, this isn't going to help Apple any because they have far smarter people working for them than we are. Right. But um, some companies listen to speculation of future products and incorporate their ideas into their product. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you never know when where inspiration is going to come from. Right. Honestly. So we thought we would talk about stuff we would really like to see, some really killer products from Apple Computer, either software or hardware, um, that maybe you've thought about in the past, stuff that we've thinking about that we'd really like to have. And uh, that's kind of going to be the focus of our show. Um, but first, we'll go through a little bit of house cleaning, which is some uh, pointing out some of our content up at MyMac.com. Yep. Uh, and uh, some of our articles up there right now include, uh, I wrote an article on Saturday calling for uh, a possible boycott of DB Forge because of their uh, stunt which was trying to get somebody to write a virus on the Mac. Right, and basically, for those of you who haven't read the article yet, uh, just a brief synopsis. What happened is Jack Campbell, the CEO, the CEO of uh, DV Forge, was responding to a release from Symantec, who writes soft, or writes antivirus software for the Mac. Basically, Symantec said, with the popularity of the Mac increasing, it's more likely that we're going to see a virus come out. Yep. Jack's response was, he didn't believe it, so he said, I'm going to offer $25,000 reward for anybody who can write a Mac OS X virus that can replicate itself according to the rules of his contest. Yeah, and and it was just a really bad idea. So if you want to learn more about it, head up to MyMac.com. Look on the left-hand side under Features and scroll down to where it says, DV Forge puts all Mac users at risk for personal gain. And there is an update. That contest has been rescinded. It was rescinded hours after he uh, sent me and, and Jack Campbell and I communicated via email about this. And it was rescinded shortly thereafter. So um, even though it was an ill-conceived idea, at least he rescinded it. So, right. Uh, another review right now is from David Weeks. It's a BB Edit 8 review, which, by the way, BB Edit is a absolutely first-class product. It's... It's one of those shareware programs that I almost always have on whatever my current Mac is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a text editor; it's not a word processor. Right. But it's it's just a fabulous. And his really isn't a full review. He doesn't go into feature by feature, comparing mm-hmm. it to older versions. It's more of how he's using it. Right. And um, 
to go up and take a look at that. We also have uh, new, uh, a new post by David Caceres called Using the iPod Shuffle. He just went and picked one out, and he basically talks about how he's used it and what kind of features it has and, and uh, what, what he enjoys or doesn't enjoy about it. Um, David is a very, very good writer. He, uh, it, he's got a really interesting history. Uh, and mm-hmm. if you wouldn't know, well, we, we could take turns. This is a little bit about David Caceres. Um, is that how you pronounce his last name? Caceres. Yes. I just want to make sure. I'm really bad with names sometimes. I know. Um, David writes about himself on his, uh, what, do you, what would you call this? His Basically his writer his profile. His info, yeah, his writer profile. I began my career in computing as a technical riber, riber, <laughs> writer in Doug Elbow... I can't read tonight. Engelbart's group at SRI in the late 60s. I'm still heavily influenced by Doug's thinking. That's Right there is so big. He was a technical writer in one of the pioneers of the personal computer industry, Doug Engelbart, at, at SRI. If if you listener out there is thinking, who the heck is, what the heck is SRI? Or, and who's Doug Engelbart? Go do a Google search and you'll go, oh, okay, wow. Um, and it says, then, after a couple years in a commune in Oregon, I worked on the ILAC 4 supercomputer project for a while. After that, I freelanced for several years, many at Intel, but also in the wholesale grocery EPD, EDP business. In 1979, I went to work in Apple's technical publications department and later moved to the Lisa Project. While there, I converted from writing words to writing code and spent the next 20-odd years on various projects at Apple, departing in October 2003. Who knows what the future may hold? So, uh, David worked for Apple from basically 79 to 2003, October, and it was in January 2004 that he actually started writing for MyMac.com. So, it's moving up. He went from Apple to us. <laughs> and then, uh, and then in September 2004, back at Apple as a contract technical writer, exactly the way I first went there 25 years before. Which is kind of neat that he he's contracting through. He's not an Apple employee at this point, mm-hmm. but he is. Uh, he's back at Apple. Yeah. And so uh, you can read his using the iPod Shuffle article. It's really interesting. I. I actually wrote him after he wrote this, um, and I said, you know, you actually made me want to go get a shuffle. And I've got a 20 gigabyte iPod yeah. already, but his article, just kind of reading it, getting the flavor of it, and I thought, God, I kind of want a, a shuffle now. And his was the first article that I read since the shuffle came out that really made me want to go buy a shuffle. Mm-hmm. So, go mm-hmm. figure. Well, and I had no interest in doing, getting one either. I mean, my wife used to throw a little tickler saying, well, why don't you go get a shuffle? Why don't you go get a shuffle? But... Uh, I haven't got an iPod. I don't know if I want or need an iPod. But I do like the idea of the shuffle, and after I read his article, I was actually tempted to go out and get one myself. Uh, Security on the Mac is a really, really interesting and thought-provoking article from David K. Every. I almost said Avery again. It's Every. It's Every. Every time I say his name, I'll say Every. Um... This really came out of a conversation David and I had over on the phone Saturday during the whole DV Forge debacle. Right. Um, when it comes to computers, I'm the first to admit when someone's beyond me as far as their knowledge in certain aspects. Um, people like uh, David Every, David Caceres, 
um, Owen Rubin. Those are three yeah. people that write for MyMac.com that know a lot more about computers than I do. And and I've been an information technology manager in a Mac department for a half decade. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for me to say these guys know a lot more than, than me right. is saying something. These guys are smart because um, David Caceres, of course, worked at Apple. Owen Rubin worked at Apple. We, we really need to do an interview with Rubin, by the way. Yeah. Um, and David is, well, David's very smart. <laughs> um, let's see. Some of the uh, blogs on uh, our site right now. Guy Searle did a really good um, PlayStation Portable uh, equals an iPod killer. That's an interesting article. A lot yeah. of discussion going on about that right now. I really want a portable PlayStation. I know. You have to add to your collection. I want one. Uh, And Owen Rubin, today, as we record this, uh, no privacy for .us domain. So go read that. I don't want to get into that right now, but that's a good article as well. Absolutely. I actually read that right before I came over. So I read it before you came over. (laughs) Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Owen tends to get some really interesting information and shares it with... uh, Uh, You know, we've got some really, really sharp and intelligent and really good writers at MyMac.com. Yep. I I think what we'd like to do, possibly in the future, is start to feature more of the folks that actually do the writing. Absolutely. Because it's nice to have a voice that actually goes with the text that you read. Yep. We're we're definitely going to include more of our staff members in the podcast in the future because, quite honestly, they know a whole lot more than we do. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of other people at MyMac.com, one of them was is a guy named Chris Siebel. Oh, indeed. And, we had an interview with him last week. Yeah, and he actually does our Not Mac News. Is it time so, for one of those segments? Well, let's do a commercial real quick from our superior, great, we love you sponsor, SmallDog.com. Yep. And uh, it's they're, they're not just our advertisers. Both Chad and I actually buy stuff there. So <laughs> go figure. But let's go. Let's listen to their ad real quick. Um, if you're on an MP3 player, don't skip over the commercial. Actually, listen to it. It's really good. It's produced really well, and uh, they paid to put it here. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so listen to this ad and visit their website too. Yeah, at the very least, go visit their website. Yeah. But let's listen to the small dog ad, and when we come out of that, we're going to go right into the not Mac news with Chris Siebold. Most websites are only there for you to buy something. Buy, buy, save, buy. Save, save. At smalldog.com, well, they're happy if you buy something, but that's just half the story. Take a walk around smalldog.com, and you'll find the inside scoop on Mac products and lots of helpful how-tos for beginners and experts alike. Digital photography and graphic design, music and sound, small business and more. From iTunes to inkjets, Apple to Ziff. Smalldog.com, so you can love your Mac more. High technology at low prices. Smalldog.com. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. Not Mac News has learned that the delay in the much-anticipated Motorola iTunes-compatible phone is not due to wireless carrier concerns or technical problems. Rather, the long-hoped-for device is being completely redesigned after the prototype model turned out to be nothing more than an iPod Shuffle hot glued to a 1990s model StarTac. Not Mac News is proud to announce a new contest. We will be giving away $30 billion Kajillion dollars to the first programmer who can write a self-replicating virus that infects every Timex Sinclair wired to the internet. Ah! 
Update. Due to massive protests, the contest has now been canceled. For the Not Mac News Network, I'm Chris Siebold. <laughs> oh, the Timex Sinclair, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know all those Timex Sinclair user groups out there. That's uh, that's a lot of protesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think all three of them emailed him right at that moment. So, <laughs> thanks, Chris. Uh, appreciate the not Mac news. Absolutely uh, great job again, Chris. Uh, we love them, and uh, according to our feedback, we're the only ones. <laughs> no, just kidding. No. Everybody loves them. <laughs> oh, you are such a jerk sometimes. <laughs> I know, but only to Chris. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh, new updated equipment like the uh, <laughs> Star Mads with the iPod <laughs> stuck to it. Uh, usually we do our contest at this point, but let me uh, give you a little bit of an update. We do have, uh, let's just say, a massive amount of of a prize to give away. Yep. Because of the generosity of MacSales.com, uh, our next contest is going to be very, very different than what we've had before. I don't want to go into too many details yet, other than to say our new contest is going to be a really cool prize. It's going to be much easier to get one, whatever mm. that one thing mm-hmm. is. Um but the catch is you're probably going to have to listen to another podcast in addition to this one to win. Mm-hmm. I think that's enough of a tease for this yep. for right now. Yep. But regardless to say, uh, discussions are underway with people out there. And uh, hopefully they'll come to fruition and we'll have a really cool contest. And, uh, you know, this could be something that a lot of other podcasters could do down the road. And yep. I, I think it'd be really cool foster some community spirit with each Absolutely. other. Absolutely, and I think it's going to be a real great opportunity for our listeners who may not listen to other podcasts to get out there and see what else is out there. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not talking about just Mac podcasts out there either. Right. So uh, there's a, you know, if you haven't listened to very many other podcasts, man, get out there and, and, and do a Google search on podcasting or go to iPod or iPodder.org and just, you know, take a look at what's out there. There's a lot of great content. I was a little harsh last week saying, oh, some of these people shouldn't be doing podcasts. And I hold to that. There are some people that should not be doing podcasts. Or at the very least, upgrade their equipment So a you're like bit. the Simon Cowell of podcasting now? Oh, right? yeah. you know That would be a cool thing, wouldn't it? Po- podcast review. <laughs> wouldn't that be great? We should create that. Just use, you know, use GarageBand here to disguise our voices and post it on another website somewhere and just do the podcast review. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> and just, like, rip people apart. Yeah, but we'd have to rip ourselves apart more than anybody else. We yeah. keep we'll keep coming back. By the way, we'll listen to another edition of the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These guys put me to sleep. Jeez, somebody kill me. Anyways, um Tim Robertson, you can blow, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is the you know, I, I know not everybody listening to this watches American Idol. And I don't really want to get into too many pop culture references because, you know, they become dated really quick. And, right. again, not everybody watches American Idol. And I never did until this year because, it, to me, it's just a big karaoke contest. I mean, that's really what it's about. Mm-hmm. But I've watched it a few times. My wife really likes it, and so does our 10-year-old. And uh, so I'm pretty much forced to watch it. But who decided, or 
who doesn't have the guts to? What's his name? Randy Jackson. Yeah. Who? Somebody needs to have the guts to tell Randy Jackson he's not cool, and he needs to stop using the term "dude" all the time. And where are my dogs at? What is he like? Nineteen eighty-nine Arsenio Hall reject? What the heck is that? I hate that. Do you ever watch it? Yeah, I've caught a couple with my wife. He's all like, he sits back and he goes, dude, you know what? Even if it's a woman up there, a beautiful, blonde, singing woman that just blew everybody away, he goes, dude, you know what? Time out. That's that's not a dude, Randy. And if you can't <laughs> tell the difference, you really shouldn't be judging other people. Anyways, I think I don't think we'll do the podcast review, though. I don't think so. No. Uh, what we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast, um, speculation. Everybody loves to speculate on what's coming out. Not just Apple, but, you know, products in general. Right. But, you know, as Mac users, and or pretty much anybody who uses computers, everybody always speculates on what's Apple doing right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of articles out there that will get into much more depth and detail than what we're going to on this podcast today. But, it, nevertheless, I did want to talk a little bit about um, what would you like to see from Apple? Where do you think, business-wise, they should go? Why and what products do you, do you want to see, soft, software or hardware? Mm-hmm. And this wasn't Chad and I really didn't talk about this before. You know, we don't so have this a, is totally off. The yeah, cuff, it's the off the cuff. We're we're not. We didn't have a script beforehand. Okay, I'm going to talk about this, and you talk about that. This is us. You know, two people talking. Like if you know you talk to one of your Mac buddies online or over the phone or something. What do you think Apple should do? That's what this is. So yep, I'll let you go first. What would you like to see Apple create? <clears throat> That's a tough call, because right now I'm not even using everything that Apple has out there. Well, I don't think anybody is. No, I know. But, I mean, if there was one killer application or hardware piece that you can go buy right now. Well, you know, I, in in my job, I use, I have to use Vizio, and I really don't have anything comparable for the Macintosh. So, now, see, I'm not familiar with that program at all, right. so could you explain that? Visio is basically, it's a, it's a flow charting application. It's kind of a brainstorming application. and uh, Microsoft <clears throat> product? Yes, Microsoft product. So if you're going to do any flow charting, which is what I tend to do a lot of in my work, you need to pretty much use Visio, and it's pretty much the industry standard right now. Is it kind of uh, clumsy to use? or It continues to get better, but... That didn't sound like a winning endorsement. Well, it's not that it's not a winning endorsement. I, I enjoy using Visio. It is, it is a fun program to work with. Uh, right now, there's nothing comparable, really, on the Mac. So I could basically, like, for instance, I, I use Word a lot. I use Excel a lot. I can always take those in because I have the same ver- I have a Word and Excel for right. my Mac. So I can take that work home and work on but my Mac. But you couldn't in anything that's done in Visio. No. Hmm. So if anybody in the Microsoft business unit is listening... Do you think they should be the one to create a Mac version of Visio, or would you rather see uh, another company come in? And would it be important for an- if another company did it to just support the Visio standards? I would be happy with a company to just support Visio standards. Hmm. And if, if somebody could come out with an application that would actually support Visio, so I could import, edit, and re-export as a Visio application, take it back to work, put it on the PC that I have to use there, and continue to use it, I would be happy. Well, if anybody, and we're not saying that that program doesn't exist already because obviously neither Chad nor I know every single program out there for the Mac, and maybe there's some obscure product that actually does that. So if anybody out there, any listener knows, 
is there a Visio compatible program on the Mac um, right now? And if there is, send an email to Chad. Send it to chadperry at mymac.com. Um, or if that's too hard to remember, mymacpodcasting at gmail.com. Um, How about you? You know what? I, I would love... I, I talked on a solo podcast a, a couple weeks ago about the Airport Express. Mm-hmm. How uh, I'm sending music now from my G5 to my Akio receiver. Music, obviously. And at first, it really didn't sound all that great, but I tweaked it a little bit after I did that podcast, and it sounds much better now. But my thing is, it, it's it's nice to be able to do that, but all my MP3s reside reside on the G5. Um, I think, yes, that's an, also on an internal drive. I've got actually two drives, two ATA drives inside the G5. One of them is segmented, and on one of those segments is nothing but MP3s. If I'm in the kitchen with the PowerBook, obviously I can access those MP3 files. If iTunes is already running on the G5, on the G4 PowerBook, I can mm-hmm. just open it up, I see Tim Robertson's music, and I can share all my music on that computer. Right. Uh, I can also send it from any computer into the living room via the Airport Express base station. But you know what? That's still such a clumsy... If I don't have the computer with me and I'm in the living room, there's no way to control the music that I'm listening to. There's no way to see what the song is. There's no way to change the volume, at least as far as um, iTunes is concerned, EQ settings. It's so limited, you know? It's basically putting another pair of speakers from your computer in another room. That's really all it is. Mm -hmm. I know that there's some products out there, remote controls, that will alleviate some of that. In fact, one of the, I don't remember what company now because, quite honestly, a lot of companies contact me about potential reviews. Right. And someone just recently, um, might be Geffen, but I might be mistaken, um, someone emailed me say, hey, we've got this remote control that works with the base station and, you know, you could change your songs and stuff like that. And it sounded kind of neat. Um, I know it comes with a re- char- charging station for it, too. So it sounded interesting. But but that just lets probably just lets me go forward, back, or up, down on volume. I can't imagine it's going to do much more. Yeah. I would really like it if Apple came out with something that is wireless, not only plugs into the receiver, but also plugs into the television. So I can literally see my iTunes playlist from whatever television I'm at. That would be something, I think. Um, and, it, and, you know, it can't be $200. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I've already got all this other money invested just another little plug that I could plug into my television that does nothing but read the iTunes um, display even if it's just a a floating you know kind of like a little floating window yeah like a little floating window or maybe like a, menu in the, or like a television setup menu yeah, yeah. What, if, if anybody out there has digital cable you probably have the digital music channels too and I don't know if you have you ever played with that on your do you have it I don't have digital cable basically um it's the 900 numbers on Picot, on uh, Comcast. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you go to whatever, it could be Lant music, it could be jazz, it could be rock of the 80s, it could be soft jams of the 90s, whatever it is. You go to it, and uh, it's CD quality sound, and it does sound good. But as each new song comes up, they'll show you the cover from that album. They'll give you some cute little facts. And the name of the song, how long... I don't think it says how long the song is, but it gives you some, some decent information. Now, obviously, it's being fed to you. You can't change songs. 
you can't rewind that song and listen to it again. Hence, that's why I want to truly have my iTunes library in the living room where I can manipulate the data. Mm-hmm. So it would have to have a way to stream the information to my television. I would have to have a way to control it via a remote control. And obviously the remote control would work with whatever adapters plugged into the television. Right. Um, and it would send the commands wirelessly. It would mm-hmm. be almost instantaneous. Um, but just more flexibility on what I can do in another room with my music. Because as mm-hmm. it stands right now, I can't do anything. It's just playing in there, and that's all you get. Yeah. And that's just kind of like, eh. It's, it's like implementing a really good idea 25%. There's mm-hmm. 75% more implementation that they can do that's not being done yet. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that I would like to see. Beyond that, I want to take an iPod, get in my car, slide my iPod into a slot in my dash, and then it becomes my radio in the car. Um, not necessarily with the iPod interface. Everybody's like, well, you know, um, I want to be able to control the iPod while I'm driving. Well, the iPod interface really isn't an interface designed to um, to, to work well in an automobile. Yeah. You know, scrolling through playlists and... Uh, that's really not what you should be doing if you're driving down the street. Hopefully people would actually um, set up playlists that they're going to listen to in the car. But, you know, just to actually go into a car, put my iPod um, face up in a little cradle. Like Mm -hmm. You you know how, like, you install, you you put a CD into the CD tray in a car? Right. Same thing. And the iPod just slides right in. And boom, everything that's on my iPod is right there. So you want something like beyond the road trip that just broadcasts the FM... Yes, because... um, Because you still have to manipulate your iPod in order to... Well, it's not not even... I don't because I set my playlists playlists up ahead of time. And if I do want to change playlists while I'm in the car, I wait till I get to a stoplight or I pull over somewhere. I don't... I'm Mm -hmm. not looking down at my iPod every four seconds to... Right. You know, that's just dangerous. Um, But the problem with any FM transmitter is the sound quality is only as good as the FM frequency. Um, right, and then you're going to run into eventually. You're going to run into um, interference. I'll give you a prime example. Yesterday, I had to drive down to Indiana, and thankfully, it's only a, um, a 45 minute one way, so mm-hmm. an hour and a half there and back. Yeah. About four or five times on that trip, I had significant interference on that frequency, where it it really wasn't too much of a distraction, but you can hear some crackling. If, if I had just spent you know, two hundred and fifty to three hundred fifty dollars for a brand new iPod. I don't want to listen to static. Right. That's not what, and especially if you're in a real nice car, um, it's very soundproof, and you're listening to music, and all of a sudden, you're and you're never going to get any better sound than what you're going to get on a conventional FM station, and probably not even that good, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, an FM transmitter is very limited. This would be a hard dock where you're getting a pure digital signal directly to the speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it would be analog. It's going to convert it. But, right. Um, but it's like basically like listening to the CD in your car. Yeah, basically. Listen to the CD in your car. That's what I think Apple really needs to focus on. The implementations that I've seen so far are either too pricey or too proprietary. In other words, the Alpine system, I've seen previews of it look really nice, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it works great, but you have to have an Alpine 
stereo. Right. And then this is another $100 on top of that. I don't want to spend that much money on a proprietary system. I just want a slot where I put it in and it works with my radio. That's what I want. If the radio itself is an Apple branded radio, so be it. But I don't want to jump through hoops and install all this extra stuff just to listen to my iPod. Even better, here's even a better idea. Okay. My car stereo's part of my Wi-Fi network when I'm at home. So mm. when I sync my iPod to my computer, it also syncs the, I don't know what you'd call it, my car iPod, which is nothing but the radio inside the car. Right. That is the iPod. Or, here's another one, <laughs> the front of it, you know how like your removable face of sure. your car stereo? Sure. That is the iPod part. You remove that face, you bring it in, you plug it into the dock, it syncs with your computer. So essentially like the old XM radio, well not the old, but the new XM radios. Right, but there would be a hard drive in it. It would be an iPod. Hmm. And you just take it out at night, sync it to your computer. It doesn't charge it because obviously the iPod's running on the car stereo battery. Right. In the morning you just take it and put it back on and whatever new music you had put in your iPod, car face if you will, hmm. it's on your it's in your car now. So it's very much like Cyrus Radio or Whatever those other ones are. So would you want like a firewire port on the face of this radio somewhere? So if I had a song that you really liked, you didn't have it, you said, Can I snag that from you? I can plug well, it. Well you can't you can't do that now well, with that's true. You can't do that DRM, now with the current iPod. But, yeah. Well even if it's not DRM, if <clears throat> I've got my iPod in my hand right now and we're at your house, I can't pull a song off your computer and put it on my iPod right now. Right. Can't be done. I can't take a song off my iPod and put it on your computer. You know, it's a very closed system in that regard. Right. There's hacks that we could probably do that with. But uh, realistically, I don't even care about that. You know, if there's a song that you have that I want, you can email it to me. Correct. You know, and then I could put it when I have the time onto my iPod. Eventually, uh, we might be able to put iPod to iPod and transfer information or songs that way. But, mm -hmm. but that's the killer app that I'd really like to see more than any other. iPod truly in the car. Not as an adapter, mm -hmm. not as an add-on, a real iPod in the car. And you know they can do it. I mean, just look at the shuffle. Look how small that is. Right. You're telling me you can't put that in the car? And, of course, it's got a built-in AM, FM. No, it doesn't. Transmitter. No, I'm, I'm not talking. Oh, you, oh, you, okay. your, your dream one. I mean, yes, Because yes. what use does it have to car? No, no, it wouldn't have a, no. a built-in AM, FM, or uh, an FM transmitter. Because then we're back to the... I mean, receiver. Yes. Yeah, it would be a radio. It'd be right. a regular car stereo, except it's also an iPod. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, there would be AM, FM on there. If Apple really wanted to go wild, they could um, offer Cyrus Radio, you know, satellite radio. Right. Um, there, there's just so many possibilities that they could do with this. But I don't know if that's actually ever going to happen from Apple. Again, we're not rumoring. We're speculating. Right. And that would be what I would. That would be the ultimate thing for me as far as music. Well, and, and on another podcast, we can get into home media centers and that course, that kind of stuff. But, sure. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us. Yep, so. sure does. Uh, if you have any questions, send them to mymacpodcast.com. That's questions, comments, MP3 feedback files, what have you. Mymacpodcast.com. We appreciate the input. Uh, no, that's... Oh, no, mymacpodcast. No, mymacpodcast at, at 
gmail.com. <laughs> Let's try that again. Uh, send all feedback to mymacpodcast at gmail.com. It's one of those days. Oh, yeah. And it's actually a real nice warm day here, so we're a little sweaty and hot. and You know how it goes. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Uh, see ya. See ya.